Welcome back to the How to Sysend podcast. I'm Chris, and this episode is about inheritance. All of us are amalgamations of our parents, who are, themselves, a mixture of their parents, and so on. As a result, we are their mirror image. That includes the beneficial, benign, and malignant. I, for one, have a family history of breast cancer, thyroid cancer, colon cancer, asthma, seasonal allergies, and a male pattern underbite that sees my mandible creep forward as the years go on, so that eventually, I'll have the same smile as a bulldog. Some of these disorders have come to bear, and I deal with them as best I can. Others, well, I hope they don't manifest. We are also recipients of the planet they were stewards of. Unlike some jewelry or timepieces that have been well-preserved and looked after for generations, the world has seen better days. The Pacific Garbage Patch, microplastics literally in every source of potable water, the wildfires that sweep across the western part of the country, and the retreat of the ice caps, just to name a few. I can still remember news articles from decades ago, with conservative politicians outright denying climate change. Most of them are probably dead now, no longer accountable for the state of things. So it goes. I wanted to know, even if it was just a scenario played out in my mind, what happens if we turn things around? Except, it's not preventative. Not quite in time. More like, drastic emergent action was taken to prevent humanity from tumbling into extinction. Stasis, you could say. Then, we have the goal to continue to bring children into such a world. Imagine a cookie that drops to the floor. Your favorite brand, just to help you visualize it. Maybe it gets kicked around a bit, but never stomped on. It develops a thick coating of mold and dust so that it looks like a furry, gray hockey puck. You take notice one day, brush off as much of the detritus as you can, then place it before your child, pleased at your accomplishment to provide for them. What would you expect their reaction to be? Don't be surprised if that confectionery antiquity is not received like a gift from Santa on Christmas Day. As an aside, I like the title of this piece because it jives with my own lived experience. It explains why, even though our parents warn us with wisdom derived from their own mistakes, children must make those same mistakes themselves. This episode is called, The Lessons Best Remembered Are Self-Taught. We're starting to have children again, you know, I say. It's a weak line, but if I don't break the ice, we'll just spend another ten minutes in silence. Finley's expression betrays nothing. Only a single raised eyebrow tells me he even registers the comment. It's a move he picked up from Krista, designed to stump and infuriate, that she perfected decades ago when Finley was no more than a twinkle in my eye. He's so much like her, I concede to myself. Finley stares through the dingy window to his right, into the empty parking lot, which, I assume, is infinitely more interesting than trying to mend our relationship. He's so tall. When did he get so tall? I'm not sure why I'm surprised by that. He's 24 for crying out loud. He was the beneficiary of nutritional supplementation, which was in full effect by the time he was born. Not like in the beginning, when food was scarce, and so many children grew up stunted, in mind and body. Finley is sprawled out on the table in a gangly mass of limbs. Even with bent elbows, his body takes up most of the table between us. He's lean and lanky, our little spider crab. Well, big now. Little in the middle and all knees and elbows, Krista used to sing to him. 
I pick up the one-sided conversation again. Well, not me, I scoff. Other people are starting to have kids, is what I meant. I mean, how could I? Your mother's not... I don't finish. Finley makes a pillow on the candy apple red table with his hands and rests his chin on them. He shakes his head. Ever since he started forming his own opinions, it's been harder to connect with them. So it's been, what, a decade now? He and Krista were always close. She'd know how to get through to him. Hell, she wouldn't have let him become estranged in the first place. The bond between husband and wife is strong, but nothing compared to mother and child. I sigh and think, where the hell's the waitress? Maybe she'd get Finley talking. I scan the dining room. It's mostly empty, save for a few old-timers reliving the past by opting to eat their meals in the company of others. Kids, those too young to understand everything we went through and did for them, call them mealies. The food, I mean, not the old folks. Because they're not quite a meal, and they feel gritty in your mouth from all the vitamins. This place used to be a Raffi's Rocket Burgers. In its heyday, it was abuzz with kids, laughter, and food. It still technically serves food, or mealies or whatever, but it's been stripped of its fun and flavor. Raffi, if he even existed, would hate what this place has become. Damn, I'm wasting all these talking points on myself. I look to Finley, but hesitate one too many times and think better of trying to engage him. God, where the hell is that waitress? I say to myself again. Finley used to love it here, back when he answered to Finney and he was little in the middle. The food wasn't great, but it sure beat the pants off of Mealy's. I can still see his gap-toothed smile from behind the paper astronaut helmet they gave out to kids. I catch the eye of a middle-aged woman standing by the register, with sloppy cat-eye makeup and a weak chin. She rolls her eyes, clearly put off by having to engage with patrons, but ambles over. Her hemp jumpsuit is permanently creased through the chest, and makes a grating noise with each step. What's your poison? Purple sunrise for me, please, I say, turning to Finley. Hey, you remember the rocketeer mules you used to love? We don't have those anymore, sir, the waitress spits out. The word sir sounds like an afterthought. Dad, that was forever ago, Finley groans. Power green, please. Do you know if you... I start to ask, but the waitress has already hobbled off. I was going to ask if they still had those paper helmets, I tell Finley. Finley, too, has cut the interaction short, returning his gaze out the window. I guess not, though. That'd be a waste of paper. I let the words trail off. I can practically see them tumble into the divide between us, falling to infinity. Well, this is going great, I think. You'll get through an entire conversation by the time Finley hits middle age. I let Finley be. Raffi's Rocket Burger, or whatever this place is called now, still looks like a retro diner with upholstered booths lined in white trim. The chrome accents have a healthy buildup of patina and are no longer polished to a mirror finish. The new owners didn't bother to repaint, not that they could. We're 20 years into the Global Preservation Initiative, and it's all about reuse now. Clothing, energy, food, even drinking water which is mainly recycled human waste, and the skunky aftertaste is proof enough that it's passed through too many kidneys to count. The decor is... kitschy, 
cartoon comets and galaxies from its Rocket Burger days, but now eaten by the sun. Raffi's old mascot, Commander Lightspeed, is still plastered on a wall, wearing only black sunglasses to guard against the perils of space. Helmet be damned, brah, he'd say, I'm sure of it. He and I are both creatures of a different time. We were cavalier about a lot of things back then. Commander Lightspeed is frozen in place, and time, giving customers a thumbs up. I think the commander knows his best days, like ours, are behind us. Any luck on the job search? I ask Findlay. This finally gets a rise out of him, and he sits up and looks at me with mint green eyes. Her eyes. I play off the gasp, but a sinkhole replaces my stomach, tears threatening. Thought this well had run dry, I tell myself, half-jokingly. Dad, have you heard about the seating programs? Finley asks. He's dropped Krista's eyes back to the table. The seating programs were a solution from a bygone era, back before we fixed everything. <laughs> what a waste of money, I reply with a laugh. Finley squirms in the squeaky booth. Damn it, I think. He finally opens up about something and I dump all over it. I clear my throat, mulling over the right words. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, heard the directorate was restarting it. Our application's been approved, Finley says to the table. His head is low, but his eyes are trained on me. My thoughts are frantic, each coming and going too quickly for me to get a firm grip on them. I, I guess it's decided then. No discussion? No, I'm thinking about applying? Is this happening? This wasn't how this was supposed to go. Dad? Dad? Finley's voice sounds far away, like he's calling out to me from a cave. The waitress returns with our order. Let me know if you want anything else. She mutters without meaning it, and disappears again. Why, why would you do that? The words tumble from my mouth down that great chasm again. The last of my family is threatening to jettison off-world, and all I can muster is that stupid question. Dad, there's nothing for us here, Finley says. Finley, I begin. I want more than this, Dad. I grab my drink and bring it close. I've lost my appetite, but I feel better holding on to something. It's going to get better, just, just be patient. Finley isn't slouching anymore and I can see how broad his shoulders are now. He's not my little spider crab. He practically takes up the whole booth. When did that happen? His eyes burn with the same intensity Krista's did when she had something to say, and you are damn well going to hear it. Nothing better than Nutri-Smoothies, right? Finley says with stinging sarcasm. He reaches for his own glass. We're going to end up like those cave spiders that spend their lives in the dark and evolve without eyes. Without real food to eat, all our teeth are going to fall out of our heads. Finley, these are the steps we have to take to get back to normal, I counter. It's the government mantra of the last few decades, and I hate that I'm using it. We kept waiting for normal to return. Instead, we just adjusted to more and more restrictions. How do you wait for something that's never coming back? Krista would know. That's a band-aid, Dad. My whole life we've rationed. Every other generation knew excess. The luxury of disposable items. Clothing dye, plastic, buffets, opportunity. You had everything. And you used it all up. You make it sound like it was my fault. 
I whine. I can hear it in my voice, but can't help it. Dad, come on. Jared and I just want to go out and start something new, Finley says. I pick up on it just then. Jared. I knew I never liked that little weasel. So he's the one trying to take Finley from me. I brood. So you're just taking off then? On some godforsaken journey? What if I don't get to see you again? Dad, we're terraforming Mars. It's a couple weeks worth of travel. Maybe a month. We can still see you on holidays. Or you could come out and visit. Finley reassures me with a smile. I miss the gap between his teeth. I can't imagine holidays on an alien planet. Something about a Martian Santa doesn't strike me as festive. Now I'm the one staring at the table. Finley's leaving me. Just like Krista. Except she was taken from me. And he can't wait to go. I think. The hole inside me isn't empty after all, but filled with panic. And worry. And self-pity. Finley's hand reaches over and steadies mine. You're, uh... Your mom and I... I start, rocking in the booth to self-soothe. It, it took us longer than most to have kids. Not because we couldn't or weren't trying. I mean, we practiced a lot. I can feel myself dipping into inane conversation and reel myself back. We weren't sure what world you'd inherit. I'm crying into my purple sunrise. The waitress is trudging back towards the table, and I shoot her a death glare, warding her off. She stops mid-gate, with a frown that dips to her non-existent chin, and turns away. You did what you thought was right, Finley says, but that's not how I want to go through life. We just wanted the best for you, I say. No, Dad. You wanted the best for you. For the you that you thought I'd grow up to be. But I'm not you. Things don't always work out, Finny. What if you fail? My voice is thin, like it'll snap at any moment. Then we fail, Finley says, smiling, and gives my hand an extra squeeze. Come on, Dad. We want to live our own lives. Give us the chance to fuck up our own planet for a change. I hate when he curses. Kids don't swear, I remind myself, and look into the face of the man Finley has become. Thank you for listening. Stay up to date on new episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. You can leave feedback, or just say hi, on my website, howdoesthisend.co, or at hdte.mp3 on Instagram. If you like the podcast, rate it if you can, or share it. If you'd like to do more, you could join my Patreon. I'm on hiatus from nursing, and I'm truly in love with storytelling, so any help is appreciated and would keep the stories coming. The link, patreon.com slash howdoesthisend, is in the description. Special thanks to the patrons from this season, Alex Cavazos, Linda Clemens, Liz Walker, Lucy McKay, and Tiffany Wu. May the sun warm your face each morning. May your cup and bowl never be empty. And may you forever be rich in heart. Sound effects come from freesound.org and Epidemic Sound. Music comes from Epidemic Sound. Artwork for this season was created by Edgar Lushaju. Edgar is a self-taught artist and freelance illustrator based in Southampton, England. With a background in graphic design and architecture, he creates digital and traditional illustrations in a variety of styles and mediums. Edgar wants his art to do more than just look good. He seeks to inspire contemplation and wonder, 
while eliciting a reaction to create change for the better. Check out his work on Instagram and YouTube at DrawHapa, D-R-A-W-H-A-P-A, or look for Edgar Lushaju, L-U-S-H-A-J-U, on LinkedIn and Facebook. The How to Ascend podcast is a Stumblewell production and is brought to you for Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Be well, do good, and until next time.